Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. I'm your host, Dallas Travers, and this show is dedicated to helping you build a values-driven business that makes a difference for the people you serve and to help you do that without spinning your wheels. Okay, so today's episode was such an important conversation. And it's important because I'm willing to bet that at least once in your coaching journey, you've wondered if you really have what it takes to make your business really work. We've all been there, right? Including my guest today, Danny Abernathy, who throughout her life has experienced this theme of feeling like an outsider. Danny looked at successful coaches out there and really worried that there was something broken inside of her, which prevented her from having success, from finding clients, from making money. So she and I had an honest heart-to-heart about what success really means to her and how she can rely on two tools to ground herself when she begins to spiral in self-doubt or those feelings of otherness. The first tool is simply a physical pattern interrupt, not to distract her from what are very real feelings, rather to give her a fresh perspective and hopefully reveal more options for how to best move forward in a self-honoring way. The second is what I'll call Danny's success plan litmus test to help her let go of any judgments or assumptions about why a plan won't work for her and instead use her natural skills and resources to make a success plan all her own. So I know I've said it before, but this episode is absolutely one of my favorites. So I hope it helps you in your own moments of self-doubt because here's what I know for sure. Danny is built for success. So am I, and so are you. Let's get into the episode. Danny, thank you Hi. so much for coming on the podcast. It's kind of scary to raise your hand and volunteer for this show, and I just appreciate you doing so very much. Thank you. I'm feeling a little bit scared. So yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. Well, let's ease into it a little bit. I'd love to just get a sense for how things are going for you inside of your business. And maybe more specifically, how's it going inside of the hive? So I'm a book coach. Yeah. I'm like an editor who works with writers as they write their book. And my dream client power statement at the moment, <laughs> which is definitely a work in progress is that I help courageous writers explore their darkness so they can find the heart of their novel and write the story they need to tell. And so I've been coaching about a year and a half. I am also a writer myself and I have a family. So I feel like sometimes I can't get all the things done in my business. I also, of course, launched a course this past summer (laughs) with a list of a hundred people and... (laughs) Now I'm trying to figure out how to like make that work Mm -hmm. and grow my business. I joined the hive because I felt like I was flailing and just constantly changing my plan because I was panicking. (laughs) And so that's kind of what brought me into the hive is the systems and the processes. I need a plan and I would love like a plan that works. And so I felt like the hive was a great place to do that. So it's going Okay. I love the content, but I'm feeling a little bit disconnected from the community. And this kind of plays into what <laughs> we're going to talk about today too. But there've been a couple of times like where I posted in the Facebook group and no one responded. And a couple of times when I emailed Kylie even, and she didn't respond, but she just emailed me today and said like, my emails were going into her spam. <laughs> so that's like good to know. But like at this point, I'm kind of like... Yeah, I'm kind of trying to just reframe and like get ready to to jump back in and engage and stop telling myself the stories I've been telling about that. <laughs> right. I was going to ask. So here's an assumption I'm kind of leaping to, which is there's been a bit of an experience for you around not really being fully seen or heard. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? And I think because I'm also in a in the community of book coaches, which Mm -hmm. is like a phenomenal community. And I do have connections there already. And so I think I'm comparing it a little bit, but also I'm one of two book people in this group. And just the story in my head is that I don't belong. I don't fit. I don't work here. So 
That's yeah. a constant story, like in my life. So I'm just experiencing it here too. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't it interesting? So first of all, thank you for sharing honestly about your experience. And we talked, I invited you to do that. And I find so often I get evidence all the time to support the beliefs I meant to work on. And sometimes the beliefs mm -hmm. I meant to work on are like affirming beliefs that I would need to embrace more fully. And other times they're, they point out these story where I might be making up stories. And I'm not diminishing what you've shared or even saying you're making up the story, but the specific example about Kylie is such an, an easy explanation, right, for why you weren't hearing from her. And what a painful experience to be in if you have a history of feeling like you're not being seen or don't belong. Yeah. And I'm an Enneagram four and I use the Enneagram mm -hmm. actually in my book coaching. And as a four, like I just typically feel like I don't belong and like I'm yeah. out of place and like something's wrong with me. So <laughs> it's absolutely just me being up in my fourness. And I, I've become a lot more aware of that sort of message. So I'm at least able to recognize it now, but I still can't always get out of that. I get it. So what I don't want to do today is have a customer service conversation with you about <laughs> what we can do to help you feel a deeper sense of belonging. But I do mm -hmm. want to have that conversation with you. So are you okay if we table that piece? You and me and Kylie can get together or just the two of us to find out what we can do inside of our community to help you feel a deeper sense of belonging. Because you know that's one of my core values. If you're okay with it, let's. I want to commit to having that conversation, but I also want you to get out of this coaching conversation, what you intended to get, which is not a conversation about how you can fit in with the community. Is that okay? <laughs> Depends on for great. the time being. Yeah. Great. Hey there, listener. Dallas here. I want you to know that I took Danny's feedback very seriously, and the two of us had a meaningful and solid conversation about her experience inside the hive. Since the recording, my team and I have had many, many discussions about how we can adjust the culture inside the program to help members like Danny have a true experience of belonging. And I want everybody to know where we've landed. So be sure to stick around until the end of the episode so that I can fill you in on our plan of action inside the hive. But for now, we're going to get back to Danny's intention behind volunteering for the podcast and really focus on coaching her. So with that, let's get back to the episode. So with that, what would you like to get out of our time together today? I've kind of already alluded to this, but I have this story in my head that myself doesn't work with a successful business. Like they're incompatible. I'm feeling my body respond to saying that all out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the content amplifier in the hive. I read through, you know, like the frameworks you present for talking to people about your business. And, and I had just started this um, series on my newsletter about I'm writing a new book series now after walking away from one that I'd worked on for five years. And so I'm working with a coach myself and I'm as an Enneagram four, I can't help but put like all of me into this book. And so I'm writing about what it's like to, to do that and to work with a coach and also some clients I've worked with in this capacity. And, and there was just like this sort of barrier in my brain between like my how I like to communicate, which is very <laughs> sort of self-revelatory, self-expressive and what successful business owners do. And that, mm -hmm. and in my brain, they're two different things. And so I either have to choose between mm -hmm. my authentic self or the success of my business. And I don't want to have to pick, I don't want to make that choice. <laughs> I want to be able to make them work. I'm sure that it can work, but I actually haven't even tried to like use those sort of models you presented because I was just like, well, no this thing. doesn't fit. And then there's also this thing like, well, it's because you don't fit, you know, like you communicate that way because you can't be a successful business owner. Like if you were going to be successful, then you would automatically communicate this other way or. And I, so it's in so interesting. I don't know if you see this connection, but I see a connection between what you shared about your hive experience about like, I don't really belong here. Right. And I'm not built to be successful. It's like the mm -hmm. same 
obstacle, right? Or the same mantra coming forward. Does that yeah. feel true to you? Yeah, absolutely. What if you didn't have to belong in order to have the business that you want? Well, I want to belong somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and belonging is, my therapist is having me do this values sort of assessment and belonging is definitely one of those values. So my initial reaction is, well, then I don't want to do it. Let's define belong. Because I said belong, but it's not quite belong. It's like, I don't fit with this framework. The way that this thing is set up is not a match for me, which is not quite the same, which doesn't match my definition of belonging. So what is your definition of belonging? Let's make sure we get the language right here. You know, I just want a community of, I don't want to be doing this alone. And I want to be able to like have shared vocabulary and shared experiences, even shared frameworks with people. So I can be like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> can you help me with this? Or... I mean, I love, even though I feel disconnected from the hive, I very much love the hive and like, I love the support there. So I guess I define belonging as like knowing and being known and yeah. um, being safe in a yep. place. So it's not quite belonging. It's like a fit, right? Mm. This belief that I have to change who I innately am in order to have the thing that I want. I can't have both. I have to change who I innately am to have the thing that I want. I'm in the process of thinking through like all of my beliefs, basically. <laughs> and that is like the question because I have this deep sense of almost like self-loathing, like corruption from just my past. And because I do, I've for my whole life, I felt like I had to change. I've just felt like, you know, who I am at my core was not good. Now I'm trying to get back to that like first version of myself because I, mm -hmm. I don't think it's wrong anymore, but there's that message in my brain that's like part of your life's curriculum. So you mentioned that this is feeling like a, like we're getting into a therapy mode here. <laughs> so what if we took it in a slightly down a slightly different road and played around with identifying a mechanism that you could rely on or a little tool we could have invent for those moments when you see that old script coming up again, right? Not to eliminate the script, you are working on that. What is something we can do to give you a different choice in the moment to keep working toward the thing you want in your business? So I wanna be really careful. I'm not diminishing at all your experience or anything you've shared here, but I just feel like for the purpose of this conversation, that might be a valuable game to play if you're open to Ooh. it. Yeah, I would love that. I'm so, you know, in my feelings and in my thoughts, I would love to like an external thing <laughs> that yeah. I can use when I get in this place to get out of it and move forward. Or just choose to get out of it and not move anywhere, but just not be in mm -hmm. it for the moment, right? Okay, great. So I am familiar with the Enneagram and that's about it. Okay, so forgive me here if my questions are not very informed. But as an Enneagram 4, you have tendencies, right? What Enneagram four strengths could you rely on in moments where, to use your words, your foreignness comes forward and there's this feeling of being misunderstood, right? That can often lead for you. Well, one of the four strengths and certainly one of my strengths is sort of vulnerability and self-expression. And I almost wonder if instead of just having these conversations in my head, I just share how I'm feeling. <laughs> and maybe then <laughs> it wouldn't seem so powerful or other people would be like, hey, we're with you. So that's one. But I also know like I sort of do better in moving toward goals and things when I embrace um, one characteristics, which are you know, about like sticking to a plan and showing up for yourself, sort of not letting my emotions just <laughs> define all the things in my presence or be being able to step back a little bit and yeah, just make a plan and stick to it really. Okay. So I heard a couple of things here. The first one is leaning into your vulnerability and full self-expression as a way to process. I could see that really helping a deeper sense of belonging and the power of showing up, having a plan and sticking to it. And not in the way, Danny, of like, I said I was going to do this and I must power through, right? Hard work is the only answer. 
but really understanding I thrive in that kind of structure. So I'm following the plan now, not because it's what successful people do and I am not built that way, so I'm going to force myself, but I'm following the plan because I know that is the path out of mind trap that I find myself in. So the plan is in service to getting out of your stuckness, not in service to the plan and not to reinforce like you have to change who you are <laughs> and follow this plan you don't want to do. Is that distinction clear for you? Yeah, I, I really like that distinction. It feels authentic to me. I'm not trying to be someone else. I'm just trying to like be my best self. And <laughs> Yes. And you know that you, part of being your best self is relying on a plan. Here's what my imagination invented as I was listening to you. Throw it away if you want. But we're talking about an in-the-moment mechanism, right, to like break this habit that you can fall into around your mindset. So what if you're logged into the hive, you've opened the content amplifier, <laughs> you look at the content frameworks and think, if this is what I have to do, I'm not going to do it right? And now I can't be successful and I don't have support and all of that stuff. So in that moment, what if you verbalize those feelings, just like you said, I had this image of you like yelling them or saying them in a nasty kind of way into your hands, mm. right? So holding your hands up and just like having at it, <laughs> right? Just to get it out because this is an in the moment mechanism and you may not have someone you can turn to and talk to in that moment. So I'm going to get the thoughts out of my head and through my mouth into the world, yelling them into my hands. I'm going to crumple them up, set them aside, throw them away, save them for later, and then just go back to the plan. Not because the plan is the only right way, but because the plan is the thing that gets you out of this thinking. I'm wanting it to be really physical for you if that resonates. That actually does really resonate and I'm more therapy, but that sounds great. Way back in the day, I was living in Los Angeles and my business was new and I was just afraid. I used to roll my window down driving home and just yell, <laughs> just like scream out the window driving down the 405 <laughs> and it, it shifted things for me. It didn't solve a single problem. Right. But it did in the moment allow me to like relate to myself differently. Right. It's, I sort of felt like a rebel doing that. And it, it definitely helped. Yeah. I think it would be really helpful even to just to put it outside of myself and sort of deal with it as an external object rather than like me. And I'm wondering if putting it outside of you could then reveal other resources right? Or other paths forward. So we'll go back the Kylie example, right? She's not getting back to me and whatever happens in your mind because of that, yelling it in your hands, getting it outside of you, you might relate to it like, okay, what am I going to do with this mess now, right? Mm -hmm. Let me try another email address or let me come to the next call and message her in the chat. Like what else can I do instead of just feeling like an outsider? I can kind of have more agency see more options, like see more than one way to look at the thing. If it's not inside me, if it's over there on my desk. Or maybe you give yourself a few minutes to just write furiously about it and then take that page and put it in a jar, right? So it's mm -hmm. actually out of you and you can see it, right? But just to have that distance, I think there's something there. I think that would be helpful. I have another, I'd love to lean into this piece around having a plan and showing up for yourself and for the plan. I want to use it to problem solve when the plan you've been presented does not feel aligned with who you are. So we've got this first mechanism, which is when I get stuck in my Enneagram 4 mindset, in the dark side of my 4 <laughs> mindset, <laughs> here's what I'm going to do to kind of snap out of it. I'm getting therapy. I'm in have these other long-term support pillars in place. But in the moment, I'm going to snap out of it. I just want to be careful that I don't sound like I'm not taking what you're experiencing seriously. No, no. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm like, just like yell in your hands. You'll be fine. No, no. <laughs> no it's no, not no. at all what I mean. Okay. So then we've got this other piece, which is there's likely a lot of truth to it, which is you operate differently from 
in our culture, traditionally successful people. It's not right or mm. wrong, but the examples we have of successful people, they're probably less able to be vulnerable and less able to really go into self-expression, these strengths that you have. Let's talk through how you might approach making a plan your own. So you do have something that you can rely on, right? A plan's presented. I'm just thinking specifically around the hive, right? I'm not just making stuff up and teaching it to you all. It's been tested and like cultivated. So how do you keep the good parts, right? And adjust the other parts so that you have a plan that's been tested, but also feels like your own. Because I do want the plan. Yes. You thought you said you thrive with plans. Yeah. And I want a plan that's going to work. I hate you talk about, you know, failing in public. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's part of it too. I, mm. I'm afraid to try it and then it's not work. I almost want us to design a little bit of a, like Danny's Enneagram four litmus test. (laughs) So any plan I'm presented, I kind of run it through these, I'm making this up, but like three checkpoints to know what parts I keep, right? What parts I adjust and how long I try Mm. before I throw it all away or keep going or right. Take the next step with the plan. I like that. I also like the time element. I like the time element because then I'm not stuck in it forever, feeling like I'm doing something that is failing. (laughs) And I'm not like, well, tried it one time. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. So flail around and find another panic plan. Okay. So with that suggestion as a jumping off point, what might the Danny's Enneagram for litmus test. I, sorry to all of our listeners who aren't familiar with the Enneagram. I think we're cool because we're all coaches here, but we're really talking about the Enneagram. We will link to an Enneagram test in the show notes for those of you who do not know what we're talking about. <laughs> but what might that litmus test look like? Well, I feel like it has to have some element of like, can I be myself in this thing? Let's just change that to an open-ended question. How can I be myself in this thing Mm. instead of can I, yes or no? Yeah, because I'm also realizing that there's a lot more parts of me that like I can grow. I like that. How can I be myself? And I really feel like, Danny, you are self-aware enough and you're such a smart person that when asked the, the question in that way, if you really know you can't be yourself, it will be clear instead of like a stubborn, immediate response to, can I be myself? Yes or no? I really feel like there might be plans where you actually cannot be yourself and you know yourself well enough to know when that's true and when it's something else. Yeah, I think you're right. That's actually what brought me to the hive because I had tried this other program and there was that like sort of hard stop, like, (laughs) no, this isn't going to work. So what we'll do is create the framework here and then let's apply it specifically to the content amplifier, the phase of the hive that you're in and just see see what we're missing with our litmus test here. Okay, so how can I be myself in this plan? What's the next question we're going to need an answer to in order for you to follow any plan? Something around what strengths, resources, abilities do I possess that will help me be successful at this plan? And then I think the next question, if it resonates, might be, how can I amplify those things in order to adjust this plan where it needs to be adjusted? So where I'm really leaning here, Danny, is out of this black and white yes or no experience and into the gray zone a little bit. That's kind of the direction I'm taking things here. So those three questions land for you? Yeah, they do. Since I am an Enneagram 4, I'm happy to make the things about me. I like that. And I think that what strengths do I have to make this successful? And how can I use my strengths to do this plan? Like that sounds fantastic. Also, it's how can I use my strengths to adjust the plan where I need to? And that's where we're now moving into this, okay, like maybe I can be me and be successful. And what that looks like is I follow plans 65% 
right? And 35% of the time, I adjust the plans to match my strengths, not because I'm not built for success, but because I am built for success. Mm. Here's another metaphor, right? Here's one thing I know about myself. You hand me a cookbook, and as long as the recipe is no more pages than two, if it's a two-page recipe with a photo, I'm going to knock that thing out of the park. I'm going to give you a plate of food that looks just like the photo, and it's going to taste good. I cannot just make up a recipe. My mother-in-law is an incredible cook. Her food is, and I've eaten at some fancy restaurants. I would choose her food any day. It's just incredible. She never follows a recipe ever, right? That is not my strength. So I know the resources I need in order to be a successful cook. Mm. And it's just like more structure. I need to tick the boxes. I don't want a lot of room to be creative. That's how I do cooking. She does it very, very differently. And we're both successful at it. So that's, I think, the key here is understanding that you are indeed built for success. And so how do we use your strengths to get you there instead of seeing success as something that requires you to change? And I think I also need to think about what success means for me. Like I know I value leisure and rest and things. And so I don't want my business to be packed to the brim. And, you know, so I think I need to figure out what I want success to be. So that's going to be an action item for you after this conversation today, which is what is success worth having for you? And if you feel inspired to take it further, what strengths, resources, abilities do I possess that align with that picture? And I know that part of my success is like publishing my own novels. And so that automatically means I have to make time for that. So I can't have all the clients that another coach might have. You don't want them. Actually, if you had that many, it would be the opposite of success. Are you having fun yet? Because I'm having a great time (laughs) right now. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust, or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you want to build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the superpower quiz. You can find it now at sixfigurecoachquiz.com. So how do you feel about testing out our three-part litmus test here with a plan you've been presented, which is the content frameworks, right, inside of the content amplifier? Let's just see, like, let's test our theory. The content frameworks inside of the content amplifier are essentially, there's four options and it's five steps to getting started with content. Now, first of all, between you and me, I created those frameworks for people who do not see themselves as gifted writers. What you are is a writer. So those frameworks likely don't apply to you at all. How does that feel? It feels kind of freeing because it does feel a little bit limiting. Because you love writing. I do. (laughs) All right, we're still going to try our litmus test here. So question number one is looking at these content frameworks, how can I be myself within this plan? I should probably look at them. I don't know if you need to. It's just step one. I've got these very specific surface level steps designed to help me get writing, right? So I'm looking at a five-step process to craft a metaphor from a movie 
right? And apply it to my target audience. Does that feel clear enough now that, great. So that's one of the frameworks. How can I be myself inside of this plan? Yeah, I just got to pick the right metaphor. It's not going to be a sports one, that's for sure. And I know that my target, like my ideal client is into all their dark shit and like wants to... (laughs) wants to dig into all their stuff and like put that on the page. Yeah. I just need to allow myself to like do what I do and be creative, be creative in this process that maybe Uh, doesn't feel as creative. Because there's this belief of, okay, Dallas has outlined these five steps. So I have to stay within this container and this container feels very small, especially given the fact that what I do is right. So what I heard, what I interpreted from what you shared was How can I be myself within this plan? Okay, I could look at the essence of what this outline presents, take the core idea and run with it. That's how I could be myself. This is a a simple formula on how to write. I could totally skip this video because I don't need her to teach me how to write. That's what I do. I think my fear is that there's a right way to write in order to like get clients and make money. There is. You know what the big secret is? Consistency, authentic expression, whatever that looks like for you, and consistency. So for the Hive members who are really in a place of, I don't know how to write, I can't get started, these frameworks like unlock things for them. Staring at a blank page is paralyzing, where you're almost the opposite. Because of your natural strengths, abilities, and resources— right? You don't need the framework. You might need the concept just to spark your own creative path. Yeah. And I, and the consistency is definitely the problem for me. I think if I stop trying to stop feeling like I'm doing it wrong when I do it the way that feels good to me, then I will be more consistent. (laughs) The right way forward is my way forward as long as I'm actually moving forward. There's like an asterisk next to that, which makes it way less impactful. But the asterisk is, <laughs> unless I consciously choose not to move forward, which is also a like a viable option, <laughs> right? But it's choosing our progress instead of feeling like we are a prisoner to it or a victim of it. Yeah. Just the idea of like showing up as myself in the way I want to be in my business is the most important thing. I don't have to like contort myself to be this successful business person just because my clients are going to want to work with me, not someone else. It might be fun for you to make a list without thinking about it, right? A list of the successful business people. I make we're air quoting every time either one of us has said that we've used air quotes that inspire you. And I'm willing to bet that they're people who don't quite fit in. There's the stereotype we all hold of like the corporate guy with a briefcase and looking at spreadsheets and that is a successful business person, but that's probably not the picture. There is proof out there of other successful business people who don't match that model at all. Yeah, maybe I should um maybe I should start writing them down when I notice them. Can we try question number 2? We've had a breakthrough here, but I really want to make sure that this the thing we've designed is will be helpful for you moving forward. So the answer to question number one was, how can I be myself inside of this plan? And I think where we landed was, well, I'm just going to give myself permission to be myself, which means not following the plan to the T. So what strengths or resources do you have, you already possess them, that will help you be successful at this? Well, I'm a writer. I mean, certainly the content amplifier is about writing. I am authentic and I know that the people who I want to work with will connect with that. I know that I can make a plan. Sometimes it's way too detailed. I love the plan actually. And so, you know, thinking through even like what I just finished up on my newsletter, it was like six emails about writing my stuff and how to do that. And so thinking about how to maybe guide making a content creative plan that ties in with my authenticity and their authenticity and the work that we're going to do and bringing all those pieces together, tying the threads together, because that's one of my strengths too. So you have the create, you've got the skills and the training and the passion for writing, which sets you up Mm. to knock this out of the part. You're also really creative and thrive. You're good at making plans and thrive inside of them. 
So what I'm just hearing you say, and it leads us right to this third question, how can you amplify those strengths to adjust the plan? You kind of just answered it, but relying on your skills as a writer, your experience, your creativity, and your ability to plan... How can you amplify those things in order to be successful at this plan? I think one of my questions, Dallas, is like, you know, when I see those frameworks, I feel like there's a key or something in there that like is the point of it that I need to be getting into my own content that maybe I'm not if I don't follow that framework. So I feel like I can amplify my strengths if I know what the key is. Or maybe there's not a key, but I don't know. So the key is consistency. But I think what I hear you saying is, if I understand the intention or the utility of this thing I'm learning, I can make sure that that also holds true or is being met. So I think what I hear you asking here is, so you mentioned the key. It's not about a key as much as it sounds like you need to understand the intention behind the plan or the utility of the plan. So that way you're sure that you can like tick that box and make sure that your plan also accomplishes that same intention. I want to understand the point. So, so I if th- the point is just to be like there and show up, okay, I can do that. <laughs> but if it's a little like show up and do this thing, then I want to know what the other thing is too. That will be revealed as you move further through the content amplifier. But for that module, that whole module is about, okay, here's a way to get out of your head and into writing content so you can begin to be visible in front of your audience. That is the intention of those frameworks. I uncovered two additional questions. So now we have a five-question litmus test instead of a three-question litmus test. The first question I think is, what's my goal here? Like, what's the Mm. point? I'm going to follow this plan to what end? Just so there's a broader context, right? And things all kind of fit together. And then what's the intention or what's the utility of this plan? Again, before we dig into the details of the plan, let's get clear on what is it I want this plan to accomplish? And what is the intention or that key? What's the tool I'm meant to gain? Whatever your language might be for that. And then how can I be myself? What strengths do I have to be successful? And lastly, how can I amplify those strengths to adjust the plan? I think those two questions are great additions because in my work, like the very first thing I do with a writer is like, why are you writing this book? And what are you trying to say? Yeah, I need to know (laughs) what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. What am I trying to accomplish? And then I can figure out how to do that. And I think it'll also give you more clear permission to adjust the plan if you can confidently say, no, these changes feel more aligned with A, who I am, but B, with the goal, right? I feel confident that that, this goal can still be accomplished with these changes. And I'm definitely still aligned with the utility or intention of the plan itself. Yes, because then I will feel like I'm moving toward the goal it'll help kind of mitigate that sense of like flailing or like otherness or like, like I'm doing the thing. I'm moving toward this business I want to have in my way. I'm still moving there, that in that direction. In my way, because I'm built for success. I need to put that on my wall or something. (laughs) Especially as we wrap up here, you've committed to defining what success looks like for you. So with that clear picture, of course, you're built for the thing that you want. So moving forward, defining success, what does that really look like for you? We've now got this pattern interrupt when you notice falling into old patterns of thinking that keep you stuck and separate from, Mm -hmm. not as a fix, but as like a, a pattern interrupt in the moment. And now we've come up with an angle into approaching what you're learning, approaching plans in a way where you do not compromise who you are. Rather, you amplify who you are in order to move forward, (laughs) right, at the perfect pace. I love that it's a plan and it's also like (laughs) very much just about being me. (laughs) It's like totally not a plan, but yes. (laughs) It's so simple. I'm grateful that you and I had the chance to connect in this way, and I hope that it's the beginning of a different experience for you inside of the hive. And I also feel really confident that this 
conversation is one that so many of our listeners needed to be a part of. And I want to thank you for bringing it forward. Thank you for helping me figure out how to merge myself with Hive and even just giving me the words like I am built for success and words are important to me. So I, this is great. I feel so much more, I don't feel like I'm stuck inside of it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like I've, you know, screamed it out into my hands. I put it on the table and now. (laughs) All right. So for everyone listening, I want to just invite you to play around with this litmus test that Danny and I created today and see how, if at all, it might help you move through those areas where things feel a little murky or muddy. So thanks everybody for tuning in. We will see you back here next week. Hey, it's Dallas. I want to update you on what has transpired since we recorded this episode. And first, I just want to say I'm so grateful to Danny for showing up vulnerably and with complete honesty. Since the recording, we have done a lot of thinking to figure out how we can essentially balance the scales inside of the hive. And here's what I mean. Like a lot of things in our culture, Online programs are built to naturally favor extroverts, linear thinkers, and folks who are often quick to volunteer. I'll give you an example. So the Hive has a Facebook group for our members. Because of the Facebook algorithm, if you are extroverted and you participate a lot in the Facebook group, the algorithm is going to actually push anything you post in front of more eyeballs. If you are someone who, like Danny, has an experience of feeling like an outsider and it's a lot for you to actually post in the Facebook group, you might post for the very first time. And the algorithm does not recognize you as someone who ignites engagement and therefore doesn't push your post in front of as many people, which only then reinforces this belief you might have of being invisible or this definitely this experience of feeling like an outsider. So as coaches, especially when you've moved into group programs or online courses, I believe that we have to fight to create a more equitable experience. So when I think about it, online coaching programs do not naturally favor people who just need to take a beat to think before raising their hand, who need to process things verbally before clarifying what their question might even be, or just who tend to hang back a little bit. And the Hive is a safe place for all coaches And we are committed to creating a more equitable experience for all types of students. All right, so we're rolling out four big adjustments to help our community have a deeper sense of belonging and a richer learning experience because of it. The first one I want to share is that I am working with an expert who serves neurodivergent learners and She will be doing a lot of consulting with me, and as we update the Hive curriculum this year, I'm going to make sure that we are serving all types of learners, and I'm really, really excited for that. Rachel, I want to call you out, and thank you for the work that we are about to do together. I'm super excited. Secondly, as a community, we are working hard. We are striving to normalize the roller coaster. That's what we're calling it inside of the Hive, because Running your own business is hard. (laughs) It is often unpredictable. Anyone who tells you otherwise is not giving you the full picture. And as a community, we need to normalize that experience. Every day is not going to be an awesome day as a coach and as an online business owner. And that's part of it. So we now normalize the roller coaster. We embrace each other when things are down. We celebrate each other when things are up. And we ride together when things feel (laughs) a little less bumpy. That's part of what it looks like to run a business and to know that you're growing. Number three, as a community, we will now agree to 
adopt a different, a new layer to our group culture, which is so beautiful as it already stands. That's this practice of stepping forward and stepping back. Here's what I mean. Every individual person needs space to participate on our calls and inside our online platform at whatever level best serves them. But as a group, we strive to stay aware of this dance we are all in together. And it's the dance of stepping forward and stepping back. So I'm going to use myself as an example to illustrate what stepping forward might look like and what stepping back also looks like. So when I am a student on a group coaching call and the teacher says, all right, who wants to go first? I do not like that awkward silence. At least for me, it's awkward where everybody's just kind of waiting to see who's going to volunteer. So in the past, I have actually thought I was being helpful by going first. And yeah, I was helpful to me because it eased the discomfort I felt with no one talking. (laughs) But I had peers who actually just need a beat. They are slower to respond and would really value the opportunity to step forward. We heard that in the episode with Danny today. So that is an example where me as a Hive member, I'm going to practice stepping back to serve the community and to lean into our core value of belonging. Here's another example. I'm also someone in a group coaching experience who does not easily ask for help. Shocker, right? (laughs) So this is a place where I can actually practice stepping forward. What this does is normalize the roller coaster. And it helps me grow through being vulnerable and visible, but it also models that for my peers. Because in the past, what I would do, what I'm working on still is, all right, I have this issue. Let me go over and figure it out and then present my solution to the group for feedback. That is not really stepping forward, right? That's not normalizing the roller coaster. So for all of our Hive members, we will now really move in to this practice, this dance of stepping forward and stepping back, which does not mean silencing yourself if you're a natural participator. It's just having a layer of awareness, right? It also doesn't mean forcing yourself to participate in a way that doesn't align with your own learning, but it's just having this awareness and understanding and agreement that we are all in this together. So I don't know that all group programs could actually handle this nuanced cultural agreement, but I do know our wonderful Hive family is ready for it, and I'm just really grateful to be a part of it. Okay, so the final adjustment is a simple one, but I really wanted to share with you what it looks like to receive feedback from a client or a student, to process it, and then to proactively and intentionally make adjustments because of that feedback. So the last adjustment that we have made inside of the hive is pretty simple and I think it's going to it could be the most powerful change. So inside the hive we have three different coaching calls with me every single month and typically those calls have been designed where we have one or two hot seat volunteers who get some real deep coaching time with me, and then we move into Q&A. The Q&A also involves a ton of coaching, but that's been the structure. And we ask our members to submit questions ahead of time so that we can curate the rhythm of the call, which actually serves the learning for the community as a whole, in particular people who listen to the recordings later, because the questions are all kind of categorized, right, instead of being a bit of a free-for-all. This structure has its benefits, but it also is not one that normalizes the roller coaster, because there are people who don't know their question, right, or who feel like they have to have their question perfectly articulated before receiving coaching, or even like me, have their solution figured out. So we will now have one call every month and it will be on a rotation. 
I'm calling it the Come As You Are Call, where we get to come together and begin by building on our own successes by acknowledging them, identifying who in the community just needs to be held in a supportive space because they might be experiencing a dip on the roller coaster, and then Q&A as it comes organically on the call. Okay, so I want to state again how much I acknowledge Danny for being brave and being authentic. I am so glad that she trusted me enough to share what wasn't working for her inside the program. And I'm actually so grateful that it happened on a podcast recording because now you all get to witness what that looks like, right? And then the beautiful outcomes that can transpire because of important conversations like that. Also, since our talk, it's been so fun to witness Danny stepping forward. And I've been able to understand how as a leader, I can show up for her and others in a different way because their needs are different. The hive is better for it. So I just want to thank you, Danny, for for this gift and for this experience. Be sure to follow along this Friday on my Instagram stories because Danny will do a takeover and she has more to say about this experience. But I think that's it for me for now. I just wanted to hold myself accountable to really receiving and acting on this feedback I got from her. And I wanted to share share where we landed because of it. So thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you back here next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.